Hey, Farhan, it's Mo. How are you? Hey, buddy, I'm good. How are you? You know, all things considered, pretty good. It's a sunny day. I went for a walk, got in some yoga, so can't complain. But I know you've been watching a lot of the stuff that's happened this past weekend. There was like that elevator spitter. There were people not following the social distancing guidelines outside. But then there was like that alt-right bro who was leading a dozen people in a protest against social distancing. Do you think we've already jumped the shark in terms of COVIDians? Well, I mean, you know, a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was a month ago, I have, I, I don't even know when anymore, but I tweeted that photo out about how across from me, I could see on a rooftop, there were a bunch of people who were playing uh, beer pong and they were hanging out and it, it looked right. like there were probably above 20 of them. And that's when I started saying COVIDians. And it, it's really frustrating now because I don't know if it's, if it's COVIDians or if it's just, I want to say, uneducated people who are not listening to officials telling us what we need to do to save lives. And if you're not listening to that, uh, at a certain point, you know, we have to put you in that category. But how do, we, how do we get through to these people and tell them that this is serious? This is something that we have to all not just pay attention to, but we have to follow these rules and orders that have put in place. And at a certain point, I don't know, I kind of throw my hands up saying, okay, where, where are we now in society? Yeah. It's almost like one thing if you, for whatever reason, don't know or are unaware, which I don't think that can be an excuse anymore, but it seems to be another thing where you're like blatantly disregarding the protocols and not accepting the fact that you being outside and not following these protocols actually puts others at risk. Yeah, and that's the thing that's that's probably the most frustrating part about everything is that it has it has nothing to do about us ourselves. For me as a young person, um, and for you as a young person, this probably isn't going to affect us directly. We might get mm -hmm. it, but but chances are we're going to be okay if we get it and, and we recover from it. But the problem is that it's going to affect our loved ones. It's, it's going to affect the, the elders in our community. It's going to affect uh, so much more than that. And, and those are the people that we have to think about that are you okay if your grandparent or your, or your senior parent gets this virus and they die from it? That's what mm. we're talking about. It is life and death. Like, I, I don't know why people can't take this seriously. Yeah. Do you think it's almost like a backlash of people either maybe they've lost their job or they have reduced hours or they're just getting stir crazy inside and at one point they just kind of throw their hands up in the air and they're just like, screw it, I'll go outside or I don't believe in the stuff or, you know, they get into that conspiratorial mind that it's the world against them or whatever else. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's probably a part of it. I know I've had some cabin fever and, and having my wife at home and, and we're, we, we get into that mindset and say, okay, like I'm just done with this. But mm -hmm. I, I feel like, you know, we've never, in, in the modern era, we've never really been tested before. And what we're mm -hmm. showing is that as a whole, as, as 100% of us, we are failing. Unless we get 100% through, we are, we are all failing this. We're only as strong as our weakest link here. And if, yeah. and if the weakest ones are not following through, if they're not staying 100% committed and, and, and everyone is following these guidelines, then we are failing. We're failing this test that has been put in front of us. I, I think about 
our our grandparents and great grandparents and the ones who either they fought in wars or they had to go through hardship in order to get from uh, from other parts of the world and, and immigrate over to Canada. They all went through these really tough times, and <laughs> I I don't know if there's anything in our lifetimes today that that has been greater than this. And so I think that's also part of it that that it is this this mindset that needs to get shifted to. This is not a vacation that we're on. Yes, you might have yeah. been laid off. Yes, it's nice outside, but this is not a time to just just go lightly on it. This is not a time to think of it as a vacation. And it's I'm going to go outside and I'm going to be free wheelie and, and do whatever the hell I want to do. This is the greatest challenge that might be facing our lives ever uh, in in this era, and we have to treat it that way. And we have to get over that that hump or get over get over that mindset. Mm -hmm. um, that, that we all have to be in this together. Like a guy like you, do you take it personally when someone's out there saying that we're all drinking the media Kool-Aid when, you know, part of your job, or I guess your whole job is to get information out there to people and to convey real life stories of what's happening in this city? Yeah, it's, um, it, it's definitely challenging when, when we are following every single thing. And the one thing that, that I've said to people on our team, and we have this conversation a lot, is that we are not ordinary people. We are not the average citizen here. We are people who are seeing every headline, every case, uh, every quote, every single piece that is coming out, whether that's locally or provincially, federally, or even globally. And what we have to do is figure out ways that we can get this information out to people in a succinct manner, in a way that connects directly with them. Um, and it's not just flooding them. I feel like we're at a point that there is some sort of news exhaustion about everything that's going on. You know, it's mm -hmm. another death, it's another case, it's another whatever. Um, and so it's trying to figure out, okay, how do we connect these directly to people so that they can, they can really understand what they need to do and what's going to happen if we, if we all don't follow this. Yeah. Yeah. I almost think it's, it's sad in a way because like if we do flatten the curve and we don't overwhelm our medical capacities, and I think in general, at least in BC, we've been pretty good in doing that. There's going to be a lot of people who after the fact are going to be like, Oh, see, we, we overreacted when <laughs> actually like we did all the right things to make sure that we weren't overrun because a lot of those same people, like when you show them the damage that's being done by this virus and how much we have to do to contain it compared to like other parts in the world that have experienced much worse, they still just like deny, <laughs> deny that it exists in reality. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the thing that I push to that is what is the worst case scenario here? Okay, so let's say we, we go over and above and let's say that we, we're taking too many precautions and too many measures. What is, the, what is the best case and worst case scenario here? Best case is that in a matter of weeks or months, we all come out of this and we don't see loved ones who are dying. Worst case scenario is that we see people who are dying and we see mm -hmm. people who are connected directly to us. And that's what's, that's what's missing. It's, it's the dying and it's, it's that connection that you're missing. Uh, we, we had a death in the family recently um, my my grandfather's sister and they're I'm sorry their, to hear that. It's, uh, you know it's it's life but the, the mm. hardest thing about this is that my grandfather is not going to be able to say goodbye to his sister he's not going to be able to be at that funeral he's not going to be able to get that closure i am not able to be with my grandfather right now he is not able to be with the with the other family members that that are alive 
And so what we're forgetting is that there is this human connection that's missing. And, and that is directly because of this virus that's happening. And so the more that we, we disobey, the more that we go along this path of not following the rules and not listening and not staying at home and not flattening this curve and getting us to a point that, that we're going to be able to come out of it, these are the direct impacts that, that they are changing lives and they're taking a massive hit. I don't know if he's going to be able to come come out of this and and mentally be okay. Uh, mm-hmm. I have a sister who is a doctor, and I'm, I'm worried about her every single day. That what's going to happen to her? My wife yeah, is pregnant in, in in her third trimester, and my biggest worry is: Am I going to be able to be at the hospital with her when our child is born? Right now, right. yes, but mm. but that could change in a matter of a week. And so now I have mm. all of these things in my life that are directly directly affected by this virus. And, you know, I've got the, the kid is coming in a few months and hopefully things will be okay. But what if it's not? What if we get to that point and I'm not going to be there? And like, it's just, what is the worst case scenario? Worst case is death. That is, that is plain and simple. Why, why can't we follow these things and just, just figure this out for these next few months or however long this is going to last? Yeah. So as someone who is seeing all the headlines come in and, and you're taking in what's happening globally and obviously locally and, you know, that's, that's your job. That's, that, that's what you do. How long do you think this is going to go for? <laughs> well, the one thing that, I, that I'll say, I'm going to echo all the politicians and say that I have no <laughs> way of saying and, and answering that question. <laughs> no, but just your personal vibe or, or what, you're, what you're seeing the experts say, like, do you think that there's some sort of consensus on, on how long this will last? Yeah, I mean, I mean there, there's going to be waves. The, the biggest thing that I'm afraid of is that in a matter of maybe weeks or a couple months or whenever that is, and, and this quote unquote first wave comes to an end, uh, is that people are going to start taking this lightly. And then we're going to start to get some more, um, some more people who are starting to get infected again, and we're going to see another wave. And so it, it just, it, you have to think about, again, like, what is that worst case scenario? How do we get it to that point that whether this is going to be three weeks, three months, or however long it's going to be, that we also have to adjust our lives to this and, and know that, again, this is not a vacation. This is real life right now. We yeah. are, as, as the prime minister said, you know, th- this is like, like battle. This is like war. It's not war with others, but it's at war with this virus. And, and mm-hmm. our job is one thing. And that one thing is to stay at home. That's the only way that we're going to get through this. Yeah. Well, <laughs> It's, it's an interesting time. It's, it's certainly a frustrating and worrying time sometimes as well. When's your baby due, by the way? You said third trimester, uh, right? Yeah, beginning of July. So I'm, so I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm knocking on wood every day that things are going to be okay in, in July. Yeah. Well, I definitely wish, uh, you know, your, your baby, your family, uh, your wife, everyone else in your family, health and, and, and strength to get through this. I, I know it's challenging for all of us, but yeah, certainly having to be tied to the medical system where you know you're going to have to go to the hospital at some point is quite a anxiety-inducing thing to know. So, uh, yeah, I wish you all the best, man. Thank you. How are you taking all of this? Where do you think we're going to be? Uh, you know, I'm just calling in people that, that, that I know and, and uh, that I'm friends with. I'm, I'm staying social through things like the House Party app or, or just keeping in touch with people. Uh, I'm in a place of privilege where you know i have job security so i'm i really can't complain too much but yeah i mean being a single guy in my condo it can get 
I can get stir crazy a little <laughs> bit. But again, that's not the, it's, it's really not a big challenge compared to what other people are going through. So uh, hanging in there, I guess. Yeah, that's good. That's good to hear. It's, it's going to be interesting when all this is over at whatever point it is, how life changes both in the short term after and in long term. Like we're seeing right now that it is possible to work remotely for so many people. And so what does that mean for office spaces? Um, uh, we've, uh, you know, using things like house party, you start connecting with people that you probably haven't talked to in months or years. And so what is that going to do for society, for, for social connections amongst one another? It's, it's, it's such an interesting time that we have this chaos that's happening, but at the same time, so much creativity, so many opportunities that I, I, I hope that there's going to be a positive that comes out of all of this. I hope so too. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it will be nice to have that positive that comes out of it, but then also return to normalcy. You know, I love going through the daily hive top 10 things to do this weekend and, you know, catching a show or going to some sort of festival where, uh, and, and going outside. So, and with people. So I, I hope it's a, a mix of the two, but I, I guess time will tell. Time will tell. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for the call. I appreciate chatting with you and getting your insight and we'll be in touch, man. Always, anytime. Uh, just make sure you stay home and wash your hands. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Take care of yourself. You Ciao. Too.